Hey guys, I'm here today with the lovely, the talented, the nutritional therapy practitioner. Her name, Christine Moore. What's up, Christine? Hey, hey. And today I wanted to bring you on because you learned all about healthy fats in your NTA training. And so today we have one such healthy fat. It's the Fresh Pressed Olive Oil Club. Can you tell people why olive oil is such a healthy fat? Fats in general are healthy because we need them for healthy cell membranes to help absorb the fat-soluble vitamins A, D, E, and K. It's needed to help keep bile flowing so it doesn't get stagnant and cause stones. And it's needed for a healthy immune system. If we have a healthy balance of fats, we don't have an improper immune response. Okay, that's all the boring stuff. But it also makes food taste amazing, right? It does make food taste very amazing. And what if you got a really quality bottle of olive oil that's worth about 40 bucks for one dollar would that be a cool deal that would be amazing well that's what you get at jimmyoliveoil.com you get a 39 dollar bottle for a buck so go there now that's jimmyoliveoil.com in 2017 i introduced you to the real good pizza company well now they're back and they're called real good foods with enchiladas these enchiladas have only two grams of carbohydrates and 20 grams of protein and they come in four different varieties including beef chicken pork and my favorite cheese they're grain free and gluten free and are super convenient as you can microwave them in just two minutes these are available online with free two-day shipping. Head on over to realgoodfoods.com to see this delicious addition to the Real Good family of products. And be sure to use the coupon code JIMMY to get 10% off of your order. realgoodfoods.com Coming up in episode 1356, Robert Sykes. Connecting and educating and making the world a more informed and healthier place. You're listening to the Live in La Vida Low Carb Show with Jimmy Moore. You've helped change so many lives and give us all the courage to take on the rest of the world. This is the longest running health podcast on the air today. You've done so much to spread the word about how diet matters. Over 1,000 episodes strong and counting. The amount of lives that you've changed at this point is incalculable. And now, here's our host and international best-selling author you're like the LL Cool J of podcasting Jimmy Moore Hey, hey, guys, we're back here on the Living La Vida Low Carb Show with Jimmy Moore. And today I am so privileged to welcome to the podcast a gentleman by the name of Robert Sykes. He, he goes by Keto Savage online. His website, duh, ketosavage.com. He's also all over social media, does lots and lots of different things online that you're going to want to know about that we're going to talk about here today on the show. Robert, Welcome. How's it going, Jamie? Good to be here. I am well, and I'm so glad to have you here. I got to meet you at a conference uh, a few months back and was able to connect with you and hear your amazing story. Because I think, guys, you know, sometimes people in the ketogenic world, they hear a lot of negativity about how keto affects muscle growth and, and all kinds of things. But today we have in the house a guy who used to be a measly 115 pounds and he transformed himself into 
a miserable 230 pounds to a ketogenic professional bodybuilder. So I have to hear this story, Robert, because, and I have heard it, but I want the audience to hear it uh, because it's quite the story of, I guess, encouragement. And I know that's what you're all about, trying to get your story out there. So tell us about how you went from this uh, very skinny to overweight to now being a professional bodybuilder. For sure. So basically, like I started lifting when I was a junior in high school and uh, was not genetically gifted, didn't know anything about weightlifting or what training. What did you want to do it to begin with? That I, Nobody just says, ooh, I want to start lifting weights, you know, just suddenly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, my, my uncle always played football and he was kind of like the bigger guy in the family and kind of more outgoing, outspoken type. And I, I kind of looked up to him yeah. and I'm like, okay, well, he's got more muscle. I got to, you know, get more muscle and, and, and do that thing. And because uh, my parents, I mean, very... Like my dad didn't know a thing. He didn't know what a dumbbell versus a barbell is. So I didn't get, I didn't really get any guidance there. He was the dumbbell, yes. <laughs> but uh, but he didn't uh, – yeah, that wasn't his forte. Right. And um, we lived way out in the country. So, like I didn't have any gyms, you know, accessible. So I basically just kind of fashioned, you know, some some weights out of like, you know, tractor equipment and just pieces of steel we had laying around the house. I love it. I'd work out in the shop and uh, just kind of learned as I went. And went from, you know, 115 pounds when I started. And then I, I kind of fell into the whole dogma of, you know, bro science bodybuilding and just eating, you know, every two and a half, three hours, getting a ton of protein in. And I was eating like 6,000 calories a day. And I'd, I'd bulk up uh, to, you know, I think 230 pounds was my heaviest. And I just, I was I was totally in denial. Like I was ignorant. I didn't realize that I was fat. I just thought I was, you know, huge and muscular and everything. And was I was like strong. like a skinny but I was, fat kind of thing? Because I'm assuming a lot of that five, 6,000 calories was like grain based foods. Yeah, it was definitely not ketogenic friendly. Like I, I would go and I would get, uh, cause I was force feeding myself. Like I would eat past, you know, any degree of hunger. Yeah. And I, I would just eat, I would go get those, uh, macho chimichangas that you get at the gas station for like 800 calories each. Wow. And I'd eat those. It was just <laughs> not healthy at I've all. I've never had a macho chimichanga in my life. <laughs> You're not missing out. I, I got so sick of those things. Um, but I was but doing them because of their calorie the, density, right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Anything, you know, I could do to get bigger and put on some size and, uh, it wasn't a skinny fat. Like I, I was, I had a lot of muscle. I was really strong, but it was, it was just kind of like a, you know, overweight football player look. And, um, yeah. I, I thought, you know, I had, had in my mind that I was going to bulk up to 230 pounds and then compete at a hundred or at, at 200 pounds. And, um, I just kept losing weight, kept losing weight. I lost, uh, my first show I prepped for three months. I lost 70 pounds in three months mm. and, that was before I found keto as well. So I was basically just, you know, eating six, seven meals a day, but just very, very small, minimal amount of calories. And I was just starving myself and I lost a lot of muscle. I just was miserable, developed eating disorders and uh, I got really lean, but it was a very miserable process. Like mentally it was, it was very damaging for me. And uh, so I did that for my first three competitions, not knowing any better. And then after that third competition, I found, uh, I found keto kind of, you know, by happenstance, I, I, uh, have you ever heard of, uh, carbohydrate backloading from John Kiefer. Of course, yeah. Kiefer's been so, on this show before. Yeah, yeah. So I, I found his uh, backloading manual and I started implementing that and that helped a lot with like the eating disorders, kind of just kind of, you know, equalized me out. And then I noticed I'd feel better before I ever introduced the carbs at night. So I just, you know, decided I was going to skip the carbs and then kind of fell into keto, you know, yeah. by accident basically. Hey, Robert, what was the eating disorder? Was it binge eating? Was it purging? What, what were you doing? So basically, like towards the end of my, uh, you know, first competition, um, I didn't have any coach for my first competition. I didn't like I was reading bodybuilding magazines and what I could find on the Internet uh, to kind of learn how to do that process. And I basically just 
tapered my macros so much and just did so much cardio. I mean, it's not healthy to lose 70 pounds in three months. And uh, I just like I was I was starving myself. I think I was taking in like 1200 or 1300 calories, you know, for a guy, which is nothing. Mm-hmm. And uh, after the show, that first show, you know, it's pretty common. A lot of bodybuilders will just they'll go out and they'll, you know, stuff their face because they've been dieting for several months. Yeah. And that's exactly what I did. I start I start binge eating. I mean, I put on 20 pounds in, in 48 hours. I'm not and, surprised. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's just very unhealthy, very taxing on the body. Yeah. And then doing that, it, it's a weird mental shift. Like, I learned so much in that first competition. I did everything wrong, but I'm glad I did it the way I did because it really built my mental fortitude. Yeah. And, like, I would literally go to the gym just, like, crying and like depressed because I didn't want to be there. Like my motivation, more as it sounds, was like imagining somebody holding a gun to my parents' head saying, if you don't give me everything you got, you know, this that's it. And mm. that that was what was driving me every day. So just a really, really messed up mental state. Sounds and, like uh, you after, learned what not to do, Robert. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I learned really well what not to do. And uh, after that, well, my, my mentality is I'm, I'm an extremist. So like if, if, if 30 minutes of cardio is good, then, then 60 minutes is better, right? So I would just go to the nth degree and I would keep one-upping myself. And then, you know, after the show, when I was able to eat again, I just started binging and then... Yeah. It's hard to see my body just gain all that fat back after working so hard for it. So that's when I kind of developed the eating disorders. I'd binge eat, you know, 6,000, 10,000 calories in a meal. And then I would like, you know, puke because I felt so guilty for it. And then it took me several months to get over that stage in life. You know, I think about elite athletes uh, on the Olympic level, people like Michael Phelps, who very famously, we saw the articles during his training. They talked about him eating 10,000 calories a day during the training. And I wonder if he suffered some of that same kind of thing that once the competition was over and you could relax and, you know, now he's retired ostensibly, you know, did, did he go back to eating, you know, similarly or close to that? And then how did he deal with it when he no longer had the I guess the exercise, the competition, so to speak, to motivate him to to get it off. It's it's a fascinating mental game that you have to play with yourself. It sounds like. Oh yeah, I mean bodybuilding in itself is it's it's a mental sport. Like I I consider bodybuilding to be a more of a, a mental challenge than than physical, as physical as it is. Yeah, it, it looks pretty hardcore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so you went from 115 pounds, uh, which is teeny tiny. You, you must have like the most super duper fast metabolism in the history of the world to be be so skinny. At, but then to be able to put on so much weight, you had to stuff what 6,000 calories a day to do that. So keto came into the picture after would you say three competitions doing it the wrong way? Tell us that story. Mm-hmm. So, so basically, like with. Uh, you know, when I started doing keto, like I, I competed twice this year, 2017, and I was keto. I've been keto for about three years now. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, to kind of compare and contrast it with traditional bodybuilding, you know, most bodybuilders, they'll have, you know, quite a lot of protein. Like, most of my competitors were eating about 300 grams of protein a day. Um, Is it and, the insulin effects that they're looking for from the protein? What's the purpose of loading up on protein? It's just, it's just, they, it's, it's strange. They don't understand the science. Like there's so much science that's come out now that illustrates, you know, your body doesn't need 300 grams of protein to build muscle, but it's they're bro still science. stuck in that. Yeah, definitely bro science, you know, so they're trying to build as much muscle as possible, which, which is the goal for sure. But I mean, there's no way the body needs 300 grams of protein. And so they, they would leave protein elevated throughout the entire process and yeah. then they would taper their, their carbs and their fat. And then they would occasionally have like a carb refeed. Um, whereas me, you know, trying to do a keto, 
basically I was keto for, you know, two years before prepping for this, this year's shows. And I'm like, well, you know, I, I felt so great with keto. I don't want to, I don't see any reason to, to go back to carbs just to compete. Like I don't, I don't want to introduce too many variables. So I'll just keep it keto and see what happens. You know, it's kind of like, cause I had never heard of anybody doing it before. So I was kind of a, you know, human guinea pig. I just wanted to see what happens. And, yeah. uh, I basically made protein my most manipulated variable so i would leave fat relatively high mm-hmm. and taper my protein so at the end of my competition prep i was taking in you know 1650 calories which is pretty typical i mean we get really low on the calories but i was only having 65 grams of protein you know and you compare that to my other competitors who are eating 300 grams of protein five times as much a, yeah yeah it's, it's a quite a different picture and it, it's interesting because you know looking at it from a scientific perspective you know, the other competitors, they start tapering their fat and, you know, the fat is kind of what regulates their, their hormones, their testosterone. So these guys, you know, they, they taper that down to some of them were as low as 30 grams of fat a day. Their hormones get all jacked up. That last month, the prep is just miserable to walk around like zombies. They can't think because, you know, they're, they're running on carbs and their carbs are really low. So they're basically inefficiently, you know, using protein through gluconeogenesis to, to form energy. And it just gets worse and worse and worse. Whereas for me, my fat staying high, my protein getting lower, yeah. my ketones actually kept increasing throughout my prep. So I had more mental clarity and more energy throughout the entire process. Well, and the the hidden aspect of all this that nobody ever seems to illuminate, and I, I know that you do in your work, is that when you exercise, that that in and of itself also increases protein. So when you're doing those heavy leg workouts that I see you and uh, Crystal doing on Instagram all the time, um, you know, you're you're actually producing more ketones. Never mind what you're doing in your nutrition, just the exercise alone will boost the ketones as well. Exactly, exactly. And ketones are incredibly muscle sparing. So, you know, at a caloric deficit, I was able to maintain the majority of my muscle. Like, you know, you lose a little bit when you do a competition prep, but I, I sustained a very minimal muscle loss. Uh, we got a picture in the show notes at the live and low carb show.com. You didn't lose a lot of muscle. <laughs> yeah. No, I came in, I think I came in at three and a half percent body fat. So I was pretty sure. Whoa. Wow. I, yeah. I, I just couldn't imagine that on Jimmy Moore, but uh, wow, he would be a sickly looking dude if he was only three and a half. Yeah. I, but you I look know. healthy it's, in the picture. So. Yeah, it was healthy. And it was crazy. It's like, you know, like peak week, for instance, the week of the competition, a lot of competitors start manip- manipulating a lot of things. Yeah. And they'll, they'll cut their water. They'll, you know, they'll do the crazy carb loads. Whereas for me, you know, being keto, since I don't have any glycogen from carbs, I'm, I'm not holding water weight anyway. So I didn't have to cut my water. So I stayed hydrated the whole way through. I mean, I was nice. drinking, I had a gallon of water before I stepped on stage, whereas most competitors were, you know, just barely sipping on like 20 ounces that entire day. Yeah, and I think that's, uh, you know, just the shift that happens when you change your nutrition. Such a simple change. You struggle to get nutrient-dense organic vegetables into your ketogenic diet? Then let me introduce you to Dr. Cowan's Garden. Visit drcowansgarden.com, D-R-C-O-W-A-N-S-G-A-R-D-E-N.com. And be sure to use the coupon code JIMMY at checkout. You'll get 20% off of your first order. So what is Dr. Cowan's Garden? They are powders that make it easy for people to diversify their vegetable consumption, which is a key to optimal health. Some of the 
The powders are made from plants that are difficult, if not impossible, to find in stores or farmer's market that are much more nutritious for you, such as perennial greens, ashtiba, sea vegetables, and so much more. The purpose is to help people eat a wide variety of plants, and they've made it so easy with Dr. Cowan's Garden. The vegetables are cooked prior to dehydration to reduce their anti-nutrients and to increase nutrient absorption. They dehydrate the vegetables on low heat to preserve the nutrients, and then they store these powders in Miron jars, which prevent the aging wavelengths of light from penetrating so that the powders stay more flavorful and aromatic over time. I personally love the leeks, and I think you will love Dr. Cowan's Garden as well. Again, go to drcowansgarden.com, and don't forget to use the coupon code JIMMY at checkout to get 20% off of your first order. Dr. Cowan's Garden. Have you been interested in trying the new cutting-edge technology of exogenous ketones but didn't know where to get started? Let me introduce you to Perfect Keto. Visit perfectketo.com jimmy and use the coupon code LLVLC at checkout to get 15% off your order. Perfect Keto was created by a functional medicine clinician who developed this unique formula for maximum efficacy. It's great tasting and the most affordable exogenous ketone supplement you can find that raises blood ketone levels up to 1.5 millimolar to help increase mental focus, boost your energy, and commence fat burning. It does not contain any soy, dairy, gluten, artificial sweeteners, binding agents, or anything that doesn't directly improve your health. The synergistic power of a low-carb, moderate-protein, high-fat ketogenic diet with Perfect Keto exogenous ketones will have your body running optimally. Perfect Keto is available in delicious chocolate sea salt and peaches and cream flavors. Each serving comes with 11.38 grams of high-quality beta-hydroxybutyrate for maximum ketone boosting while adding in magnesium, potassium, cocoa, stevia, and vitamin C for extra micronutrition. Again, try Perfect Keto for yourself at perfectketo.com jimmy and be sure to use the coupon code LLVLC at checkout to get 15% off your order. Perfect Keto. In the bodybuilding world, keto has kind of been known since the 60s. So it's not like this is a brand new thing, Robert. Why don't you think more modern bodybuilders don't implore a, a ketogenic approach to try to cut? Uh, that's, a, that's a really good question. Like, I think it was known in the past, like there was one bodybuilder named Vince Taronda that did like steak and egg diet, which was yes. more or less keto. Um, but then, I mean, after that, you had like, you know, the the government and everything coming in saying, you know, fat was bad. So like for all throughout the 80s and 90s, we were just beat down with the, you know, dogma of, you know, you have to have low fat, you know, you want fat free foods, you know, fat's going to mess up your cholesterol. And that kind of tapered into the bodybuilding way of thinking. Plus, you know, carbs, carbs do build muscles. So, I mean, yes, carbs are very, uh, you know, growth effective. So because of the hor- hormone insulin spike, right? Exactly. But the thing with carbs and, and increasing your insulin, it's, it's basically an extreme growth agent. But with that, everything else grows too. Like your fat grows, yes. your you know, cancerous cells grow. So with keto, you know, I might not have that insulin that's going to cause that extreme growth, but I kind of fine tune the process and see a quality growth instead of just an ugly growth. So, Robert, do you have strategic times when you allow that quality growth to happen where maybe you bump up the protein a little, maybe have a little more carbs at some strategic time? Can you talk about that? So my carbs, I I pretty much have like a 
fairly hard ceiling at about 20 total grams a day. Sometimes I'll go to, you know, 30 or 40, especially you if you guys hear that. He said 20, 20 total grams a day. And sometimes he goes 30, 40, 20 yeah. total. <laughs> yeah. I keep, I keep it really, really tight. And I don't know, initially like with, from a bodybuilding perspective, you're going to, you're not going to have quite the pumps, you know, you're going to have a little bit less energy during that adaptation phase. But yes. once you get adapted and you just keep getting adapted and keep becoming more efficient, like my, my pumps, my energy, my strength now is at an all time high. And I'm not surprised, but I think it's surprising to people uh, to hear having someone like yourself come on this show and talk about how you're eating 20 grams of carbs and you're bodybuilding and you're competing. Mm-hmm. And oh, yeah, by the way, we didn't say he won the competition in a ketogenic state. Uh, that was yeah. a pretty cool moment uh, when when you were able to to win and you showed the video at the conference that I saw you at. So really, really cool stuff. So. Let's go back to protein for a moment, because this is probably the most controversial area of, uh, you know, in the keto world right now is you've got this very famous group and you called them out from the stage in your talk um, that thinks that a higher protein ketogenic approach is the way to build muscle and to get lean and blah, blah, blah. And yet here you are on this show talking about higher fat and, you know, ostensibly moderating the protein with that very low carb. So how do you reconcile their position with yours? I mean, I I just, like I speak, like I don't have a, you know, PhD. I'm not a doctor. I can't break down the cellular level, you know, to a, to a T, but I can speak from experience and I've, I've tested, I've experimented with quite a different, quite a vast array of different techniques. And, you know, for me and for the majority of my clients, we all perform better on a higher fat ratio. Like right now, in fact, I'm doing a three-month hypertrophy experiment with Danny Vega, and the whole goal is to see what ratio of you know proteins and and fat lends itself to the most muscle gain with the least fat gain. Oh wow! And our our first month was uh, substantially higher protein, and both Danny and I felt miserable. Our blood work got worse. Our ketones uh, plummeted. Hungry? Our glucose. Yeah, I wasn't hungry. I was actually quite full and bloated. Yeah. I just felt bad, uh, but I gained a lot of fats, and I gained. I didn't gain very much muscle at all. Um, and then my second month was significantly higher fat ratio, and then this third month that I'm in now is kind of a combination of the two. But my my sweet spot's about eighty percent of my calories coming from fat. 80% fat. So almost the epilepsy diet level of ketogenic uh, with 80% fat. That's pretty hardcore. Yeah. And it's, it's, I mean, it's just night and day difference. Like I, I could tell the day after that first month of the experiment when I had high protein and switched to a high fat, literally the next day, my blood work all improved and my energy like I was, I was very tired throughout the high protein month. My energy skyrocketed after I switched back to the higher fat ratio. So, Robert, did you test blood sugar and blood ketones during that higher protein month? Yeah, I've tested, I've tested them every single day uh, throughout this entire three month experiment. So, what was going on? Uh, did you have higher levels of blood sugar and lower levels of blood ketones from what you were accustomed to? Yes, yes. the uh, The increase in protein resulted in a uh, lower ketone reading over time and a higher glucose reading over time yeah. and uh, just generally feeling more tired. And I actually felt really strong, but I also felt really bloated. I just, I just did not feel optimal. The bloating is interesting because some people would say, well, you, you know, if you eat too much fiber, that can cause the, the bloating and, and things like that. But you don't think about protein having that effect on the body, but it's, it's hard to, I mean, I'm assuming uh, the 20 grams of carbs 
has stayed constant throughout all the experiments. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was just the, the bloating resulted from just the sheer increase in volume. Cause I mean, you know, protein only having four calories per gram. Uh, like, you made it isocaloric. Got it. Yep. Yep. That makes so, sense to, to keep it scientific. So <laughs> yeah, I tried to, try to remove as many variables as possible. Yeah. Did it remind you of where you had to stuff yourself with 6,000 calories a day in your younger years? <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't quite that bad, but it was definitely not something I'd want to do for a long term. I mean, now, like like right now, my protein's at 173 grams because this, this third month is a combination month. Yes. And honestly, like I, I I prefer lower than that. Like I would be happy at around 120, 130 grams of protein a day. And the good news is, Robert, you know that about yourself. You know 120, 130 is your sweet spot because you've tinkered and tested with it. For me, as a non-bodybuilder, you know, I stay around 80 to 100, depending on, you know, if I'm exercising, I do a little more those days. And when I'm not exercising, uh, it's closer to 80. So, but I know that about my, myself over years of doing this. So I, I think that's the edification we're trying to share with people today is it's not a one size fits all just because uh, Robert has the needs for 120 to 130 doesn't mean you need to be eating 120 to 130. Exactly. I think everybody needs to look at themselves, you know, as an experiment and just kind of play around with it, like have fun with it. That's that's part of the whole process as a, you know, in its entirety, just kind of seeing and manipulate and seeing what's best for you as an individual. Absolutely. Are you looking for the perfect keto snack companion that really packs a punch? Then let me introduce you to G-R-A-P-O-W, Grapow. Visit JimmyLovesGrapow.com. Be sure to enter the coupon code Jimmy and you'll get 15% off of your order. Grapow is made with all natural, high-quality ingredients, no GMOs, no soy, no grains, and no sugar. It was developed by the Ketogenic Baking Company, a new food startup looking to support any and everybody looking to improve their quality of life, whether it's low-carb, keto, or just living an active lifestyle. Repel is unlike any ketogenic snack you've tried before. Once again, go to JimmyLovesGrapal.com, enter the coupon code Jimmy at checkout, you'll get 15% off of your order. G-R-A-P-O-W, Grapow. So you started this website called Keto Savage. I, I gotta know, where'd you come up with Keto Savage? That's awesome. <laughs> Actually, uh, I was sitting at my house in Washington at the time and I had like a piece of paper and I wrote down all the names um, that I thought would be appealing. And Keto Savage just kind of stuck out because, I mean, it, it brought together the whole, you know, theme of keto. Obviously, that's kind of what I wanted my niche to become. And then the savage aspect of it came from just, you know, just pure primal performance. Like in the gym, you kind of have to like when I'm training, at least I, I basically get into a different headspace. Like I it's it's a it's a sense of rage honestly like i just unleash everything you know in a very laser-like focus to the gym yep um and and that's kind of the, where the savagery aspect came in and and i don't know it's kind of bridging the gap between you know all the science and the medical stuff that's coming out with the ketogenic diet and then just the pure raw you know savage performance aspect of it i love it. it's a nice kind of double entendre it kind of is, it's got a deeper meaning than what <laughs> yeah absolutely. so that's good and I love you. You're definitely from the South. I feel I feel quite at home with someone else with a Southern accent on the podcast. Today. Where, where about <laughs> yeah. do you guys live? Uh, we're in Arkansas now. Actually, Arkansas. I was 
Yeah, I was born in Minnesota, believe it or not, but I did not get the O's. You picked uh, up the Southern culture really fast <laughs> in Arkansas, and you talk like this from Minnesota. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, my whole family's you know from Arkansas. That's pretty much where I've been raised. Uh, we got our family farm down here, so it's just uh, picking up on those that Southern draw. That's cool. So, a family farm. What do you what do you uh, have on the farm? We used to run cattle on it, but now it's uh, it's all like uh, plant, pine plantations, so pine trees. Ah. Very but nice. that's, that's our little heaven on earth, piece of paradise there. We got a little cabin, a little river that runs through it, and that's where we do all of our, you know, hunting camps, and we have Thanksgiving there. That is cool. I'll be over this year, so. <laughs> Sounds good. Sounds good. We'll, we'll cook up some good keto foods. I have no doubt about that. Now, you decided to dip your toe into the whole podcasting thing, too. I'm, I'm looking on iTunes now. You've been doing this a little while on iTunes called the Keto Savage Podcast. So why did you just start a podcast? Well, I just kind of, I had to kind of give a little backstory here on just yeah. the, the business and brand as a whole. Um, so like, I, I love business. Business is, is equally as much my passion as fitness, if not more. Yeah. And uh, I, I had several failed business attempts, you know, growing up, going through college and whatnot. And then one day I just walked down the woods, did some meditating and decided, you know, I, I got to find something that, that I want to create a lifestyle around and what can I do that it's going to add the most value to people? And, you know, bodybuilding and keto just all stuck out, you know, motivating people, getting people to just like work hard. And, um, you know, that's how kind of Keto Savage was born. And then as far as, you know, the podcasting aspect of it, I just wanted to reach as many people as possible. And are you, are you familiar with Gary Vaynerchuk? What's the name again? Gary Vaynerchuk? No. He's a, he's a business entrepreneur, but he's, he's all about, you know, just putting yourself out there, playing for the long game and just, you know, getting yourself and adding as much value to as many people as possible. And, and podcasting as a platform is is honestly one of the best techniques for that, in my opinion. I mean, I've got the website, I've got the social channels, but the cool thing about podcasting is it's mutually beneficial for both parties. I mean, everybody wants to get their name out there more and, yeah. and nobody really says no, no to a podcast. So I can contact you know doctors i can contact athletes i can just ask if they'd like to be on the podcast and Shh, are they good you're to giving say away yeah. our secrets man you're giving away <laughs> <laughs> i know but it's the coolest thing ever i mean i'm talking to jimmy moore right now i've been doing this for over a decade and everybody's like wow you're just so good at this i'm like i wasn't always good at it i, I was doing it when nobody was listening robert now you start a podcast you have like listeners right away i had to like build an audience over years but it's like when nobody was listening i got pretty decent at it but my, yeah the secret to my success was i just contacted people and they were like sure why not <laughs> yeah and it's the coolest thing ever i mean like i said nobody says no to it really and you can just pick the brains of people that you want to learn something from yeah i see you've had dave korsunsky who's been on this show john lemansky a really great md of course danny vega uh and uh your lovely crystal love Talk mm -hmm. about Crystal a little bit so people know who she is and, uh, yeah, you, you're kind of fond of her, I, I notice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, so basically, after I graduated uh, college in Arkansas, I, I got a job in management at the railroad uh, in Washington State. So I moved up there for that and uh, I bought a house. And lo and behold, there was this coffee stand two blocks up from my house. And she was working there as a barista at the time. And uh, I started drinking a lot more coffee. <laughs> And, uh, <laughs> Even though you hate coffee, you see. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, but I like coffee then for sure. And I don't know, like her and I just hit it off. Like she, we had nothing in common actually when we first started talking. And, and she's the only girlfriend I've ever had and the only girlfriend I'm ever planning on having. Wow. Uh, yeah, she, she's Put a not, ring on it, brother. Put a ring on it. 
I know she's pushed me for it. She is. She is. I need to. <laughs> but she's she's awesome. Like we work out together, we train together. Yeah. Um, you know, I've, I've got big plans to kind of integrate her into Keto Savage. She's got her own brand now. You know, Crystal Love Coaching. But yep. at some point, it's going to all become one. Well, and you guys, you know, work out together. I, I love the Instagram. Uh, you know, where you guys are always you know, talking about your workouts. Oh, we just had a leg day and we're feeling it now. And yeah, I mean, both of you are just so down to earth. You're both so incredible in communicating, you know, kind of what's on your heart. And I think that's the little something, something that I always tell people, if you're going to get into being online and trying to get your voice out there, you got to stand out from the rest. And boy, do you guys stand out. So I'm so happy. that uh, Absolutely. And I'm so happy that you are out there doing your thing. Again, his name is Robert Sykes. KetoSavage.com is his website. Go check out his podcast. It's on Apple Podcasts. And you guys are actually coming on the low-carb cruise in May as well. So real excited to have you guys speaking and sharing, uh, you know, what you're doing. You excited about that? You ever done a cruise? I've done one many, many years ago. It's going to be good to do it now, especially with all the, you know, keto, fellow ketogenic community there. Oh, yeah, man. They're going to love you. You're going to have, like, people that will want to, like, work out with you guys, so, including, hey, is there, is there including Jimmy the Moore. So. Is there a gym on the ship? we got to have a gym on oh, the yeah, ship. Oh, yeah. Oh, of course. There, Yeah, they have gyms on, on the ships nowadays. And, okay, yeah, perfect. We're good. Really nice gym, too. It's Yeah, for, for, for a cruise, it's, it's a nice gym, so. That sounds good to me. Better than the hotel gym. Those are horrible. I know you travel a lot. and Yeah. Yeah, hotel, those you know, are pretty much uh, unpractical. You might as well do body weight uh, exercises in your room if you're going to use <laughs> Yeah, no, no fooling. Most of them, you know, they just have a treadmill and that's about it, really. Absolutely. Well, Robert, uh, you are pretty amazing here today, and thanks for joining us. Uh, again, he's on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. You know, all of those channels, he's out there doing the videos, he's doing the podcast. Definitely follow his work because I think we're going to see more and more really good things out of Keto Savage in the years to come. But thanks so much for joining us here today on the Living La Vida Low Carb Show. Thank you, Jimmy. Coming up next time on the Living La Vida Low Carb Show, we'll have a food sensitivity expert named Dr. James Geiselman. Get show notes for today's episode at theliveinlowcarbshow.com. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review at iTunes. Thanks for listening to the Livin' La Vida Low Carb Show. We'll see you next time. Disc of Light. <laughs>